Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome everyone to episode number 147 from Delving into Islam podcast. This is your host, Wael. And it is a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and a privilege that I'm able to talk to you about the religion of Islam and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is allowing me to share my knowledge with you. Thank you so much for listening and participating and sending in all your questions and suggestions. Now, speaking of which, if you have any questions or suggestions, please email me at delvingintoislam at gmail.com. Again, delving into Islam at gmail.com and I will get back to you as soon as possible, inshallah. Now, uh, if you also want to keep up with the release dates of the episodes or whenever you know I go on a break or any type of announcements, you can follow me on Instagram at delving into Islam podcast. Again, delving into Islam podcast for all the upcoming announcements. Now, this podcast is for anyone, whether you are remotely curious about the religion of Islam. Or if you're thinking about becoming a Muslim, or if you just became a Muslim, or if you've been a Muslim, you know, all of your life and just want to learn more about Islam, this podcast is for you, inshallah. And with that being said, let's get right into today's topic. And today's topic is, inshallah, a continuation of the major signs. Alhamdulillah, we're back. I know it's been a while, but you, come on, these were really critical topics that we had to address. Uh, and that's why we had to pause the major signs of the Day of Judgment. And But alhamdulillah, now we're back. Even though we're not going to go hard on the events that will happen on the, you know, as major signs close to the, to the Day of Judgment. Because today is going to be a back and forth kind of episode. Meaning what? We will, and I'm going to give a quick recap, don't worry about that, for those who are listening for the first time, because I realize some people listen for the first time, and they're like, oh, we, we don't know what you're talking about, but then I know that if you go back and you can, you know, a few episodes, you can listen to, you know, uh, the, 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 the major signs and the introduction to the major signs, but inshallah, I will give a quick recap for those who, again, are listening for the first time. Uh, but again, yeah, this is going to be a back and forth uh, episode because we will talk about a specific period of time during the end of times, do, during the major signs, and we're going to compare it to our current situation. That's the whole purpose of the episode, to learn from what we've done in the past, what we're doing right now, and what could and would actually happen in the future. Uh, so it's not going to be totally and heavily focused on the actual signs it's going to be more again like i said what's happening in today's world and what's what are the comparisons between the the issues that we have as as mankind now and the issues that mankind will have after the death of of jesus christ peace be upon him so let me let me give the quick recap first so we all know that uh, the major signs they start with th there will be a a massive kind of a world war, the last war on earth, and that's how, how we ended last season. And you know the Muslims are going to be versus the Romans, and you know it's going to be a massive battle. A lot of people will die. The Muslims, uh, inshallah, will eventually win. And uh, after that, and of course, they will be led by uh, a very important character that, uh, of course, nowadays you hear a lot about, which is Al-Mahdi. People are waiting for Al-Mahdi to show up, but I, I think that's not the right approach because we do not know when Al-Mahdi will show up. We should have our own 
standards. We should have our, we should depend on ourselves and our iman, on our trust in Allah, instead of just waiting for Mahdi to show up. Um, so that is again my point on on this. But anyway, where will take place? Then the major signs will start to happen after the Muslims win, which will start by uh, you know the. Um, the emergence of the Antichrist. We had a few episodes talking about the Antichrist and who will follow him and all these things. So that is the first major sign. The second major sign will be the return of Jesus Christ because in Islam, we believe that he did not die. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will send them back towards the end era of the Antichrist or or, or what we call Ad-Dajjal. And then there will, a war will erupt. Uh, between the army, uh, the two armies, the army of the believers, which is led by Jesus Christ, Al-Mahdi, and the Muslims, and the army of Al-Dajjal, or the Antichrist, which will be mainly by uh, 70,000 uh, Jews, and there will be mainly from the Jews of, of uh, Iran or, or Iran, right? And it's going to be a mix between Jews, Christians, and even Muslims who will betray the other, you know, the rest of their brothers and sisters in Islam and join uh, those who basically are having weak Iman. They will join the army of the Antichrist. Uh, a big battle will take place. And then uh, Isa alayhi salam, or Jesus Christ, peace be upon him, will uh, successfully kill the Antichrist. And right after that, or a few days after, short time after, the uh, emergence or the unleashing of the nation of Gog and Magog will take place. Yeah, Juj and Majuj. This is basically a nation that will wipe out the entire planet. Again, mass extinction, the entire planet. So when the Juj and Majuj will come and, you know, they will start killing everyone, literally everyone. A uh, few people, by the way, will remain. Uh, Juj and Majuj won't reach them, but the majority of mankind will be done. done. They'll, they'll kill everyone. But the believers will be with Jesus Christ after the battle with, with the Antichrist. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will command Jesus Christ to go to a mountain called the Mountain of Tur. Most likely it is the one in Palestine, not the one in, in Egypt. It makes sense distance-wise because the fight with the jail or the Antichrist will take place in Palestine. So it makes more sense that is the Mountain of Tur in Palestine. So anyway, they'll go there and uh, uh, what's going to happen is that they will keep making dua until... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take care of Ya'juj and Ma'juj himself by sending a worm called a Nagaf that will kill them all instantly. They're, by the way, they will be massive in numbers, like billions. Like it's, it's, You can't even imagine we did the math uh, when we had their series and talking about them. So yeah, so that is uh, what will happen and they will all die. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then will send... Uh, birds to carry their bodies because they're going to, again, like they're going to be massive in numbers and these are all going to be dead bodies. They're all going to die at once, subhanAllah. Then when the birds carry them uh, away, uh, the smell of their, you know, from, you know, the blood and their bodies will be, you know, covering the planet. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will send down heavy rain that will wash the entire earth. Is going to reach every inch, every corner. And it's like earth will be reborn. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make earth something brand new. SubhanAllah. Even the Prophet commented and he said, I wish that I will be, you know, I would be alive during that time. Like, for example, a pomegranate, when people eat a pomegranate, a whole village will eat a pomegranate, a whole town. And they will use it as a shade from the 
sun or the rain, which is, subhanAllah, imagine, a pomegranate. That means it's going to be massive in size, you know, no no manipulation, no genetic manipulation, none of that. It's going to be basically just, subhanAllah, a blessed time where, you know, wolves play with little kids and, and snakes play with, you know, humans. And subhanAllah, it's going to be amazing. And of course, Jesus Christ, peace be upon him, Isa alayhi salam, will be set back as a leader, as a military leader, as a king, as a ruler, not as a prophet. Because the last prophet was Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That's it. So the, the, there is no more you know, messages to be sent to mankind. There's no new message or new revelation to be sent to mankind. But he will come as a ruler, Jesus Christ, and he will follow the sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu He'll pray five times a day. You know, all the Islamic rituals he will perform. And that actually will lead some of the Christians who will survive from Ya'juj and to become Muslims. They will actually convert to Islam. SubhanAllah. Imagine, you're, you're looking at Jesus Christ. You know, people lived all their lives thinking that, uh, I'm talking about the Christians, that he was the son of God. And he, you know, was actually crucified. But then when he, they saw, when they see him face to face, imagine this. And he tells them none of this was true. You know, I'm just a prophet. I'm a human being, of course, uh, many. And, and again, there will still be people who will just ignore, like you're seeing today. And I, I'm going to get into that. But like you're seeing today, people are seeing the truth about what's happening in Palestine. And I'm not trying to make this political, but I'm sorry, this this is reality. People seeing what's happening with the Muslims around the world, and they're like, no, no, it's fake, it's fake. They, let them die, let them die. It, it, and it boggles my mind, but then, subhanAllah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, The people, people like that, people who reject the truth, Allah will make it even difficult for them to see it. Because they did not have intentions to see the truth. So Allah will literally cover their hearts, their ears, their eyes. They will see nothing, they will hear nothing from the truth. Because that's what they wanted. And Allah will make it even better for them to not even receive the truth. Subhanallah. Now, Again, some of the people will even reject the message even when they see Jesus Christ peace be upon him in front of them. But many people will convert to Islam and they will live in almost a near perfect society. Like they won't even need to pay charity. You know, like they, they won't need it. They have more than enough money. And again, this will be a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to that group of people that will live through that time. Because again, they lived through difficulty and tests, you know, the Antichrist and then Ya'juj and Ma'juj. So that will be Allah's reward to, you know, uh, such believers. Then we said he will rule for a few years and then uh, he will die. Jesus Christ, he will die a normal death, of course. Uh, and uh, he will be now. There, there's a, an opinion out there that he will be buried uh, next to the Prophet وسلم, and Omar and uh, Abu Bakr. As a matter of fact, there is a spot, empty spot next to them. So we do not know uh, is that the case or not. But he will be buried as a Muslim. The Muslims will pray the Janazah prayer, the funeral. You know, the they will do the the, the Islamic ritual when it comes to the deceased, and he will die as a Muslim, of course. Uh, he was always a Muslim. And then, yeah, and people will live again in, in peace and harmony. But then little by little, people will go back to sinning. Little by little, people will do minor sins. 
Then little by little, the minor sins will turn into major sins. And then little by little, that will spread. Corruption will spread. Subhanallah. After we just said, this is going to be perfect society, right? Nope. That's it. A few years after, it will be. And we don't know how, when exactly, but we know that it, it's going to be at least two generations or something like that. It makes sense. Because the generation that lived through the time of, of, of Jesus Christ, there will be true good believers, right? But yeah, so uh, the, 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 the society, uh, technically the only society left, the only civilization left, will start little by little to crumble, right? People will start committing terrible crimes. Again, things that they never experienced while Jesus Christ, peace be upon him, was alive with them and ruling them. Then those small crimes will become bigger crimes and then people will just completely fall. Mankind will fall. Now, there will be believers, don't get me wrong. There will be believers, but there, again, as usual, like I said uh, previously, there will be the minority, as you see right now. Right now, what, what do you see? The believers are the minority. Like Muslims, and this is including practicing Muslims and non-practicing Muslims, are barely the quarter of the planet, of the you know the human population. Barely. It's, this has always been the case. The believers will always be the minority of mankind, subhanAllah. So anyway, uh, there will be believers, but the society will literally, and by the way, every time society falls, mankind falls, there is a second chance. But when it happens after the death of Jesus Christ, that's it. That will mark the, the last major signs. This is it. There's no salvation then. Game over. And people will go back to do ridiculous things, to lose their morals. You know, morality will decline. Sanity will decline. Hypocrisy will increase exactly what you're seeing right now. And that's what I wanted to, pa I wanted to pause here now because this is what's going to happen in the future. May Allah protect us from anything that would happen that's remotely close to, you know, falling of mankind or society. Now, I want to talk about what's happening today. Because wallahi, mankind, by the way, it already started. The fall of mankind has started already. It's been happening slowly, but recently I feel like it's been pretty obvious. So I want to I want to talk about that and I want to uh, first I'm going to talk about the world in general and then we will talk about specifically about Muslims inshallah. So first of all the world has been increasing in 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 hypocrisy and this is something that I'm pretty sure if you you know all turn on the news and you see what's happening in the world right now you kind of agree with. Even non-Muslims agree with it. Even non-Muslims are like uh yeah this is hypocrisy what's going on what's up with the double standards right? And I'm not just talking about the, the Palestinian situation. I'm talking about in general. People are hypocrites. Many people are. Unfortunately, many people are. And they do it whether to please other people, to please other entities, other organizations, other countries, or they're doing it for the money. At the end of the day, they're doing it for a specific agenda, whether it's money, whether to please other people, whether to look cool, whether to you know, become popular, whatever the reason, people became uh, hypocrites. And it's been, again, hypocrisy always existed, always existed since the beginning of mankind, you know? But it's been increasing, rapidly increasing. And subhanAllah, the Prophet ﷺ commented on this and he said what? 
falsehood will be dealt with as the truth and the truth will be dealt with as falsehood the person is basically talking about the final minor signs of the day of judgment which is what we're what we are experiencing right now also lying and deceiving and cheating and morality declining right you see people and, and one of the things i noticed the amount of hate hate pure hate towards the muslims from the west for example you know you watch the news you read comments on certain videos and they're like yeah let them all die you know you can't fathom this a human being is literally asking for children to die and they're doing it with a smile and that shows you that we lost our humanity we, we wallahi we did the majority of us lost their humanity you know, I know that a lot of people have been compassionate and, you know, now they're learning about Islam. But the idea, even if you have the wrong idea about Islam, the fact that you say, yeah, I wish that they die, all of them, kids, parents, whatever. Because, by the way, these comments were made uh, for kids dying. Like These comments were made for videos with kids dying in them. Nuke them all, you know, destroy them all, all these things. And it shows you the amount of insane hate. And well, I like, you know, I, I stopped I stopped reading comments because it just, you know, made me angry and bitter. And I don't want to be like that. I want to be more positive because alhamdulillah, I follow the only true religion that's left on the face of the earth. So I want to be more positive. This is actually an honor for every single one of us. So I didn't want, you know, the amount of insanity. Well, I, I feel like it's insanity for a lot of, by the way, it was not one or two people. It's a lot of people out there. A lot of people. Now, I don't know if it's the majority or the minority. I, I don't know, but they're pretty vocal. And it makes you question certain things in life. Like, really? Do, do we, uh, like, could human beings be that bad? Like, they have zero humanity, zero compassion, nothing? Like, even, you know, as, as a person, if you hate someone so much, you wouldn't wish that they would, you know, be disintegrated and die with their family members and their little children. I don't know. I, I I don't think any sane person would have that type of feeling ever. But anyway, you never know. And by the way, don't get me wrong. Even if it's coming from ignorance, because don't you know? Don't get it twisted. The number one source of hate is ignorance. Now, you could be evil on your own, which I believe those people, many of them are. Because again, even if you are ignorant, you cannot wish for little children to just die. You can't. You have to have something like a loose screw up there or something. Something is wrong. But then we know that there are evil people because our Quran, our the best book, Wallahi, the best and the perfect book Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent us. Perfection. Tells us that there are some people are called the shayateen of ins. The shayateen or the devils from mankind. Meaning there are people who are pure evil. Pharaoh, we talked about his story. Pharaoh, the Pharaoh. What he did to the children of Israel, what he did to Moses. Come on. Abu Jahl. Abu Jahl. Mocking the Prophet ﷺ, trying to murder the Prophet ﷺ, torturing Muslims. Again, history is filled with people like that the same the israeli state what they're doing and their supporters whether they're governments whether they are politicians media people it's like you guys have zero humanity 
really? Like you're trying to com- either you're trying to convince yourselves that they are actually quote unquote defending themselves, or you're really a terrible human being. You don't care because you're getting paid by them, or you know whatever whatever the the agenda is. It's just it was a very eye opening that yeah there are people who are pure evil on the face of this earth, pure evil. Do not get it wrong. This this life right there, we are living by the protection of Allah, and. Hate is is real, and some of them, some some of that hate, and we know there are multiple stories of people who hated Muslims. They hated Islam, and they wanted to kill Muslims. But then once they were introduced to Islam, they were like, "Wait, what? I was I was fed lies all of my life. I I thought is Islam is an evil religion. Wait, are you telling me that you know you 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 pray five times a day?" And you fast and you have to feed the poor. It's mandatory to feed the poor and have compassion even towards non-Muslims. No, no, no. You got you to gotta be kidding me, right? And you see a lot of good examples of people opening their eyes, reading the Quran with the right interpretation, of course. Dealing with Muslims. And this is key, by the way. Dealing with Muslims is key. Because it shows you. And we're talking about real Muslims, not fake Muslims or not so-called Muslims. We're talking about real Muslims. They don't have to be truly practicing Muslims and, you know, praying every... Like just your average good Muslim who understands Islam could be a way to make people understand our religion, right? So some people, once they understand Islam, once they learn about Islam, they completely change their mind. But there will be people who will die upon hate. They will live... All of their lives hating the Muslims, hating anything that's different, disagreeing with, and again, making propaganda, false propaganda for whatever the reasons are, and they will die upon that. And those people, think about it. If you live with hate, you are a miserable human being. Imagine that. You are miserable, and you will die as a miserable human being, and your hereafter won't be that bright either. Like, for example, and I want you to think about this for a second. In countries like France, okay, um, when they're banning, for example, certain types of hijab, women, you know, Muslim women cannot dress up uh, properly like the Islamic clothing and, you know, modestly. The, the, the question is why? Why? What did this Muslim woman do to the government? What did the Muslim woman do to her co-workers at work or her colleagues or whatever? What, what kind of harm has she done or have they been doing, the Muslim women, that makes the government say that this is banned? You're not allowed to dress up as a Muslim in public. What kind of twisted mind is that? Now, there's a lot of, and, and by the way, this goes to any country. In, whether in the West or even, you know, because I know that in the Middle East, women, of course, they dress up, um, you know, uh, modestly and they want, if they want to wear hijab, nobody's opposing that. I know that some places in the Middle East, some very specific, you know, b- branches of like, for example, restaurants, because I've heard about this, that the, you know, if you're wearing hijab, you're not allowed in for some twisted reason. But anyway, we're talking about like countries that hijab is not the norm, Okay. You see a man attacking a woman, and we've heard this many times. Actually, this, ha- this been, has been happening for the past couple of weeks. Uh, a woman being attacked because she was wearing hijab. A man gets mad at a woman. A man, quote-unquote, a man attacking a woman. That's what a man is, again. 
attacking a woman. Just because he saw her wearing the hijab, it, it kind of triggered him. And he started blabbing things. Some men try to get physical. Uh, actually, there was, uh, I believe in, uh, in New York, there was an incident where um, a man pulled the hijab of a woman in, in the subway because he got mad. And <laughs> so-called men, right? So-called decent human being. And you have to ask yourself why. And I, we get it. We get the logistics. It's because of the hate speeches on social media, because of the hate that's been propagated on media, right? And in, in by, by our po- beautiful, honest politicians, again, across the world. And that causes ignorant people, people who have no background about Islam, basically no background about anybody or anything that's different from them, to start getting hate. They start getting triggered when they see, because they equate now, a Muslim woman who's covered, oh, that equals danger. That equals they want to take over my land. They want to take over my country. Let me fight that woman right here, right now, and express my anger. We all know the story of the little six-year-old who was stabbed, what was it, like 26 times because of this Palestinian situation that's happening. Palestinian family, little kid, an old man, a seventy, I think a 71-year-old man, stabbed a little kid 26 times. A six-year-old was stabbed by a 71-year-old man. Can you imagine? This guy took his time out of hate. And this is, again, an indication of the declining of humanity in mankind. Do I say all Muslims are good people? No, but the majority are. This is not just me talking. Look it up. Yes, there are some extremist groups. By the way, there are extremist groups everywhere in every religion and every you know faith and every belief. There are always, always extremist groups out there. But the irony is that Muslims are only defined by some extreme groups. And the reason why, again, the reason is, if you think about it, it's kind of logical. It's ridiculous. But from their own perspective, it's logical because that's all they know about Muslims. When Muslims are on the news, not because they've made achievements in their societies and they're like trying to better their societies. No, no, no. It's because there was some sort of a terror attack. Muslims. Now, if you're an ignorant you know, person sitting in your uh, on your couch watching TV, and every time you hear the word Muslim, you equate it with a terror attack, or oh, they behead babies, or they cut off hands because of stealing in Saudi Arabia, or they don't let women, the oppressed women, they don't let them drive in you know all the countries. Apparently, all the countries, all these things. Your perception of Islam and Muslims will always be negative, and you'll have hate towards them now even if someone has hate towards a group of people okay you wouldn't want to go and try to you know end their life you don't want to do that you have to be very again there's some sort of evil must be you know must be like must exist in your heart for you to try to end someone's life that they did not harm you again they did not harm you they say that the the, the that seventy year old seventy one year old man, 
that landlord, he was their landlord, who stabbed the little kid, he was playing with the kid. He used to play with the kid. He used to let him, you know, he built them like, I think, like some toys or whatever to, to, to play with. But then watching the media, oh, they're going to come, they're going to attack me, they're going to take over. That was his statement, by the way, after he got caught. So let me get rid of this family right now. So it is ignorance plus evilness plus the loss of our humanity. We lost it. For you to grab a, a knife or any weapon and try to end someone's life, who did not come to attack you? Like, I believe in self-defense. I believe in self if I, if, if you're coming to kill me, I'm going to defend myself. And I'm going to try to do it with, you know, without trying to end your life. But I believe in self-defense. But a person who did not do anything wrong to you, you choose to fight them in the street. You choose to go to their house and try to, you know, end their life. You just sit on social media and you try to post things about like, they should all die. They should all burn. What level of evilness is that? And again, if you think about the majority, the overwhelming majority of Muslims, they just want to live in peace. They want to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they want to live in peace. That's it. We want to live for Allah. Allah determined a few years for us to live on this earth. We want to worship him. We want to do our best as Muslims so we can die and enter Jannah. That's our, the quote unquote jihad. That, that's the word that, you know, terrifies a lot of people in the West. Ignorant people, of course, but it terrifies a lot of people. The word jihad does not mean go kill the infidels. <laughs> it's hilarious how people, you know, twist words. Jihad means multiple things. One of them is what? Praying five times a day is jihad. Fighting sins is jihad. And not physical fight. Like fighting sins, fighting temptations. Being a good, acting upon righteousness. That is called jihad. Jihad in Arabic means striving. Striving. Nobody knows that. I mean, I'm talking about like the majority of people out there. They hear that word, they freak out. Also, jihad means fighting for the sake of Allah in a battlefield. That's the combatant part of that word that terrifies people. But in a battlefield, in a declared war. So when America goes to war, they call it jihad for the country. Do you know that? <laughs> Do you know how silly this is? Like literally, people who are afraid of the word jihad, they're actually doing jihad every time they go to war. Now, whether that war is justified or not, that's why I said jihad for the sake of their country. For the sake of their politicians. Every single time a country goes to war, this is called a jihad for the sake of war or for the sake of their country. But every single human being performs jihad. By the way, whether Muslim or not. If you're a non-Muslim who wakes up in the morning and you go to work and you come back or like whatever, the kind of job that you have, you're doing jihad because you're trying to provide for yourself and for your family. This is called jihad because jihad means striving. Ignorance is insane. Nobody even looks up words anymore and what it means. If Again, if you are a non-Muslim, you are performing jihad every single day because jihad varies. Again, it's striving to live, to do something for someone's sake, for your own self's sake, for Allah's sake, for your country's sake. All of that is literally goes by the word or the expression jihad. But everybody took that word and they did what? Oh, that means it's terrorism. 
Jihad equals terrorism. You're performing jihad yourself. You just don't know it. You know, the word sharia, sharia law, right? Even though the word sharia law does not make any sense because literally sharia means law. So you can say sharia law, it does not make any sense. Sharia means law. It's like chai tea, you know, for those who watch Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Chai tea. Chai means tea. <laughs> we know that because in the Arabic world, we know that the word chai means tea. So it's the same thing. And everybody got terrified by the word sharia. That means cutting off the hands if you steal. They want to apply it in the U.S. No, they don't. Sharia also means praying five times a day. Paying your zakah is sharia. Fasting Ramadan is applying sharia. When you buy a house and you don't want to you know, pay usury and pay interest, that is applying sharia. When you eat halal food, when you, that means applying sharia. Nobody knows that. Because the certain politicians, and those basically the decision makers, those who are influencers, like the media, like the politicians, who have an audience who can speak to the public, they took certain words from the Islamic teachings and they manipulated it. They twisted it. Same thing like the extremists of the Muslims or so-called Muslims, they do too. All the terrorist groups out there, they take certain verses from the Quran, they manipulate it to try to influence people who are ignorant in Islam. Same thing politicians do, media people do. It's just under a different label. And it's frustrating watching all this when you, subhanAllah, like when we have the knowledge and you see how they manipulate the text, you're like, I don't know what to say. I guess people will choose to be ignorant. If you want to be ignorant, you'll be ignorant. And you'll think that you're educated, but you're actually not. Here's a sign of intelligence. Bear with me. When you believe that you have knowledge, but you never say that I have knowledge. I, I, don't, I have full knowledge of something. That is a sign of intelligence, by the way, and humbleness. When you have knowledge, you always say what? I need to learn more. I do not have enough knowledge. I need to gain more knowledge. Because guess what? Until the end of, till we die, we are still learning. But a sign of ignorance, a sign of the opposite of intelligence is what? Oh, I know it all. I know those people. I know everything about them. No, you don't. We get our knowledge from the Quran. That's why when we talk about, for example, like, you know, the episode, the, the last episode, when we talked about the children of Israel, we're not making up stuff. This is stuff that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala recorded in the Quran about them. And we always admit there are believers. And there, the majority were, you know, disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But there are believers. You have to acknowledge the difference. You have to acknowledge the goodness in someone and the bad things as well. We always say there are bad Muslims out there. Nobody said all Muslims are great. They're all going to Jannah. There is no way. The Prophet ﷺ told us some Muslims will enter hellfire for a while. God knows how long. Then eventually they'll enter Jannah. Our religion is a realistic religion. But then again, hate blinds people. It does. Back to my point. How politicians sanctioning Muslims, saying that Muslims hate us, they should go back to their countries. People with power say these things. 
and Islam will last. Don't worry. Islam will always be there. No matter what people will do. And I said it before and I'm going to keep saying it. Because it's not my words. This is Allah's words. This is the word. These are the words of the Prophet Islam will exist until the end of time. Deal with it. Deal with it. And actually it will increase inshallah. We know that for a fact. You know by the time of Mahdi, Islam will increase. And it will become strong. We will become one nation like, unfortunately, we're not one nation right now. And I know that everybody has their own, you know, goals that are far away from unifying our nation, our Muslim nation. But we will go back to that. No matter, wallahi, if the armies of the entire world came against the Muslims, they will never be able to stop that. Because Allah said this will happen. But for now, you have to deal with people's, again, hate and blind rage. That is based on ignorance. And this is why society is falling. Mankind is falling right now. That's part of it. People think they know it all, but they don't know anything. And this is causing crimes to be committed. Crimes. So, yeah, that's that's one of the things that I... You know, again, this is a big fact. And again, currently, that's what we're living in right now. You're witnessing this all over the news. You know, instead of, you know, hearing about a child who died and and was killed by, uh, you know, like the latest tech in the world, like the latest, uh, the the state-of-the-art weapons, a little kid, billions of dollars just to kill a few kids, right? Instead of you, even if you don't, have problems with Islam because you don't understand it. We get that. Some again, a lot of people are still ignorant of Islam. But instead of looking at this, we'll be like, "Yeah, that's that that that's bad. Kids should not die like this." No, you go be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Continue, please. No ceasefire until you know we get our demands. Kill all the kids you can. It's insane. <laughs> the world we live in right now, and, and again, people are discovering this. Subhanallah. And I'm talking about even non-Muslims. They're discovering this. They're like, what's wrong with the world? I can see the comments everywhere. I'm talking about good people, people with common sense. They're saying, what's wrong with the world? What is happening right now? Well, what's happening is that people lost their humanity a while ago, a long time ago, but they never had the platform to show it. Now they're showing it. If social media didn't exist, they're going to, those people still exist, has nothing to do, you know, social media has nothing to do with them becoming evil. No, it just, you know, they were able to express their evilness, their inhumanity through social media, through public posts. But those people are evil from the inside. So, and again, that will directly tie in to the end of times or end times. After Jesus died, people will become evil again. After that perfect society we they, they will have, people will become evil again. They will try to you know, murder. All these things will happen again. After, again, a near-perfect society. We're experiencing this right now. Now, we don't know if it's going to get worse in the future, but we know that this will be the last time society will fall. Right now, there's a chance for us to Either, you know, course correct, better ourselves. But in the future, that will be the, that's it. That's the end. That will be the end. We're going to talk about how will will be the end. Not, not in this episode, but we'll talk about how that will conclude. 
evil is a lot. And shaitan loves that, by the way. Those people are aiding shaitan. They are they're puppets. Let me tell you this. This is actually another thing that I wanted to talk about. People, evil people, people with hatred, people who are ignorant and they're using their ignorant to, again, incite hate and crimes and all these things, right? They are puppets. And they're not puppets for one master. Again, they're not puppets for just one master. They are puppets for multiple layers of masters. Let me explain to you. This This is how I thought. Well, I, was, I think I was driving and I was thinking about this concept and it made, made perfect sense. So I came up with this concept, but I promise you're going to agree with me because it makes perfect sense. And this is, by the way, extrapolated and I just got the conclusion from our teachings in Islam as well. Hear me out. People who are easily manipulated by falsehood, by propaganda, by falsehood, just in general, falsehood, okay? Who believe things that are obviously not true, but they still they believe it. They're very stubborn and, you know, hate is increasing in them. They try to incite hate and, you know, propagate hate and, you know, have problems with Muslims around the world just because they're different, just because women cover, just because men have beards and they're praying five times a day, all these things. They're not, the first master, the first layer of masters is what? It's the politicians and media people. Because politicians and media can direct you in the direction they want to direct you in. They can tell you Muslims are bad, hate them. Indirectly, they don't, te- they don't have to say that, but they can say a few words. Again, the choice of words. And we've all learned through what's been happening in Palestine that when Palestinians die, they say what? Children died. But then when they're talking about the Israeli civilians who died, they say what? They were killed. Do you understand the manipulation? Because here's the thing. When you say a child died, okay, you feel maybe a little bit sad about them, but it's not that big of a deal. They were not killed. That's what they say about the Palestinians. But then when they talk about, as if they died naturally, right? But then when you talk about other kids, oh, they were killed. And it's very, very interesting choice of words. Subhanallah, wallah. Again, the art of manipulation. They literally practice, whether politicians or media people, they practice the art of manipulation. The art of manipulating people. So again, think about it. The, 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 the normal people, people who believe all of these things are puppets too. The media people to the politicians. They tell you what to do. They tell you how to feel. They literally tell you how to feel and how to think and you follow. That means you are their puppet and you are their puppet because you like knowledge and because you like common sense and because you like these two things, you are filled with hate. And when you're filled with hate, you want someone to save you by telling you something that you make that makes you feel comfortable. So when you listen to politicians, they'd be like, oh, no, don't worry. We got those. Those Muslims, no, no, they're savages. They're animals. Don't worry. We got you. We understand you. We understand how you feel. You become their puppet. And that is clear. So that is their number one master. Media people, politicians, okay? Now let's talk about the ultimate master here. Who is that? Shaitan, the devil, Satan. Satan is their number one master. Satan loves the ignorant, by the way. My dear brothers and sisters, this is a fact. This is the Prophet told us that. Satan loves the ignorant. Why? Because there's not a lot of resistance coming from an ignorant person. 
when you uh, when Satan comes to you, when Shaitan comes to you and tries to whisper to you, if you don't have knowledge, it's very easy for you to follow what they want you to do. But if you have knowledge, there's a lot of resistance. And Satan does not want a lot of resistance. He wants, you know, those puppets again. So now the, the, the number one master is Satan, is Shaitan himself. They are puppets for Shaitan. They are puppets for Satan. They are puppets for the devil. That's It's that simple. Well, why? Think about it. Now, Shaitan manipulates politicians because they have desires, right? Politicians, they want more power. They have these like temptations. They want power. Shaitan knows what you want. He gives it to you. He plays on that string. We talked about that when we talked about the series of the evil jinn, the Shaitan, right? Media people want a paycheck, want to become popular, want to talk about this, these topics, the, the, the spicy topics that makes a lot of people watch. And again, incites hate because you want to give people what they want to hear, right? So Shaitan manip manipulates these two entities. And again, I'm not targeting all media people, all politicians, but let's be honest, the majority. And also Shaitan manipulates the public, his own, you know, puppets as well, to believe those people. He, by the way, one of Shaitan's tactics is what? To fuel your rage. He loves to fuel your rage and hate. That's when he, we said that, he takes full control when you're completely angry at something or hateful towards something. So now Shaitan manipulates everyone. He manipulates, and, and the, you know, the losers out of that is the normal public. You're not getting a paycheck for being hateful, right? You're not. Media people, politicians, they get power and they get money. You don't get anything. You live miserable and you might end up committing a crime, literally killing a Muslim, going to prison because you were a puppet. And that is a fact. That is a fact. You get nothing out of this deal. Other people in power, other people on, on media, they do get something. They lose their souls. They lose their humanity in the process. Yeah, but they at least get something in this life that they could temporarily enjoy. You enjoy nothing. You actually become miserable. You go to prison and that's it. It's not a good deal for those puppets. But still, they don't see it. And it's it's very interesting. The Prophet said, actually, the lack of intelligence is also a sign of the Day of Judgment. One of the minor signs, of course. The lack of intelligence, meaning what? You can easily be manipulated. People will have no common sense. People won't think for themselves anymore. Now, you see, on the other hand, people, mashallah, all over social media are now reading Quran because of what's been happening. Oh, I just bought my first, you know, uh, my first uh, book of the Quran. Oh, I purchased my Quran. My Quran is on the way. It's uh, it's, it's being delivered. Oh, I just uh, ordered a copy of the Quran, and it's very Subhanallah, over positively overwhelming to see them. Those people are not puppets. Maybe they used to be, or maybe they never were. But right now, you know that they're not puppets. They want to read for themselves. I want to gain knowledge. I want to read on my own. I want to learn about this religion that everybody obviously hates. All those superpowers are targeting a specific demographic, a specific type of people. We want to know why. Why are certain people in power so terrified of this religion? I want to know why. What terrifies them about this religion? Let me read for myself. And subhanAllah, when I follow what's happening, people are reading and be like, wow, Quran mentioned that? Wow, Quran mentioned this. Oh, I did not know the Quran was made like almost 1500 years ago. And Quran talked about this and it's happening right now. This is mind blowing. And a lot of people convert. 
A lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people. Subhanallah, as if Allah used their tactics. What does Allah say? The enemies of Islam will keep plotting against Allah and against Muslims. And Allah will plot against them. But Allah is the best of plotters. Allah is the best of planners. Allah plans against you, you're done. Game over for you. Because Allah is Allah. You are just a human being. Think about it. Again, no common sense. And Allah says, and guess what? Because of all the propaganda, billions of dollars spent, my dear brothers and sisters, to basically ruin the image of Islam in general and ruin the image of our dear brothers and sisters in Palestine. What happened? With their own money, with their own platforms, people start to see the truth. And when people started seeing the truth, this is Allah's promise to us. Those who have goodness in their heart will accept the truth. Those who have goodness in their heart will at least say, let me try. Let me see what, what is this religion. I want to uh, understand more. I want to study more about this religion. And now it backfired. It backfired because Allah promises. This is what Allah has been, again, with all the death and destruction, that's very painful. But at the end of the day, think about it. The people who are dead from the Muslims, inshallah, are martyrs. That means they are going to Jannah, straight up, paradise, inshallah. Now, the billions of dollars spent against the Muslims, now Muslim, non-Muslims are trying to become Muslims. They're really interested about the religion of Islam. And it's so incredible and refreshing to see Allah's promise manifested in this life. We believe that every time Allah promises something, it will happen, whether in this life or in the hereafter. But it's so wonderful to see it happening in front of our eyes. Because guess what? Allah will never, ever break His promise. Never. But sometimes we might die before we see it happening. Like in, uh, maybe not in our generation, maybe in the future. Again, we have to have patience, right? But when you see that this is Allah, you see the winning happening. This is a winning that's happening for the Muslims. People are more interested about Islam than ever before. Ever before. SubhanAllah. So, yeah, so that's that. I wanted to talk about that because I believe that this is a part that contributes to, you know, the fall of mankind, what we're experiencing right now. You're witnessing atrocities taking place by humans. No matter what the reasons are, it's atrocities, mass genocide, lying about it, covering it up. Everyone has blood on their hand when it comes to that. Everyone. And we have to say, okay, this is, this, is, this is happening. People are losing it. Now, what is the reason for that? We need to ask that question. What is the reason for that? I believe the reason for it is arrogance. More than it is ignorance. I believe that it's more arrogance than ignorance. And let me tell you why. Bear with me here. If you are arrogant, you wouldn't want to learn. Again. If you are arrogant, you would not want to learn. Because if you're ignorant, there's a chance for you. There's hope for you, right? There's hope for you. If you learn, then you'll know. Then, like I said, there are a lot of people who when they learn, they're like, oh my God, we did not know about this. But if you're arrogant, my dear brothers and sisters, you would not want to know because you think you're always right. You think that those people, those Muslims, right? They're beneath you. And you are a superior human being. And if you think you are superior, what would you even think about learning about the other side? The people who are beneath you, quote unquote, beneath you. You wouldn't want to learn about them. Why would you? So again, arrogance is way more dangerous. 
And again, it, it is the cause of the crumbling of society more than ignorance. Now, people are also arrogant when it comes to God, when it comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They, now, some of them, they say God doesn't exist, right? Some of them say, well, God is here, but he forsaken us. He just abandoned mankind. Some of them, they think what? God is how I see him, how I depict him, how God abides by my rules. And if he doesn't, then I'm not following. We see that. We see that everywhere. So they have arrogance with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is a big reason why mankind is falling and has been falling. We went astray. We left Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We walked away from the path, the only true path to paradise. Because, like I always say, many people are like, well, we'll believe it when we see it. We don't see paradise right now. We don't see Allah. Yeah, then we'll assume it doesn't exist. Paradise does not exist. Allah does not exist. That's the mentality of many people, unfortunately. That's why atheism is on a rise as well. Alhamdulillah, Islam is the fastest growing religion. But if you talk about non-religion, yeah, atheism is also on a rise. Why? Because people are frustrated with life, frustrated with tests. Why there is, you know, a natural disaster taking place and a lot of people dying. There must be no God. Even the situation happening with the Palestinians. Some people are like, where's God? Where's Allah? Uh, inshallah, I'll address that uh, when, when we get to the Muslim part. So, to us, to all of mankind, we get frustrated fast. And it's a combination of arrogance, frustration, and ignorance. When you're ignorant, by the way, now talking about ignorance, forget about arrogance. Ar- arrogance is, is a very, it's a very dangerous trait to have. Wallahi. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hates arrogance. Arrogant people, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hates them. And they will be punished severely. By the way, whether they're Muslims or not. But if we look at ignorance now, well, this is my advice to every single one of you. And I had a whole episode talking about knowledge. I hope you guys listen to that. Educate yourself. Because ignorance could lead to you being thrown in hellfire for eternity. Or ignorance could lead you to be throwing in hellfire for a little bit if you're a Muslim, if you die upon Islam. But you're a terrible Muslim. If you're an evil Muslim. You could spend a couple of thousand years there or a couple of years there. Trust me, if you spent one second there based on all the descriptions of hellfire, yeah, that's not pleasant at all. So educate yourself. Because, and this is a fact that I don't think anyone can deny. Mankind, we're declining in everything. Declining in everything. And I'm going to have, I'm going to mention, inshallah, some, some, some specific examples. But we're declining. Morally declining, knowledge declining, faith declining, right? Now you have, you know, uh, 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 people are attacking religion, attacking religious people. Scholars are being attacked by media, by normal people. They are now... Do you understand what's happening, right? Like when you go out there and you say, I'm a scholar, I'm a Muslim scholar, I'm a Muslim student of knowledge, the majority of people won't take you seriously. It's a sad reality. It's it's messed up, but it is reality. Like again, when I started the podcast, right? A lot of people, alhamdulillah, have been listening. A lot of people, I lost count, mashallah, of people who started the podcast. Some of them, they had 
the wrong idea about Islam. They hated Islam, and they literally wanted to listen to the podcast to point out some some things that you know they don't like about Islam. And I've had people emailing me that in the beginning. Some people they were just curious, what is this religion, barbaric religion? Some people were genuinely, you know, curious about Islam without having any perceived, you know, pre uh, pre determined notions or anything like that. Again, everybody's different. Everybody's experience is different. But it's subhanAllah amazing the amount of people who became Muslims after they hated Islam. And I receive all the emails. Wallahi, it makes me so happy, subhanAllah. And, you know, it's it's all about, and this is key. If you want to learn about something, first of all, find the authentic source and just open your mind a little bit. Wallahi, open your mind a little bit and see what happens. If you want to learn about Islam, if and I always say this to even our sisters in Islam when they say something about like verses in the Quran or a hadith, oh this is this is you know this is not supporting women, this is against women's rights. And I'm like, why? What would you say that? And then Alhamdulillah I had multiple episodes explaining, you know, and, and Alhamdulillah, mashallah, I've had uh, like many sisters who emailed me about the topics that I've discussed and they had complaints in the beginning. After they listen to the episodes, they are humble enough to say, okay, we get it. Yeah, it makes sense. And wallah, I applaud them to that. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increase your knowledge and faith inshallah. But again, it's all about knowledge. Knowing things will make you a better human being, will make you deal with other human beings in a different way, in a better way. But at the end of the day, there are trends in society. And if there's anything you you know you can learn from what what's been happening is that there are people who are in control. They deceive normal, the normal public, the, 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 the regular people. But there are people up there, politicians mainly, business people, media people, who benefit from your hatred, who benefit from your ignorance. Wallahi, you guys know that. There are certain news channels, there are certain entities and people who truly benefit from your ignorance. Your, they can fuel your ignorance easily. Also, morality has been declining. It's been declining massively. You, can, you cannot deny that. And you look at it, it's everywhere. Everywhere. That even TV shows now. You know, there was this, this show, and it's a terrible show, called, and it's, a, I think, one of the most popular shows, Game of Thrones, right? One of the main love stories in the show, actually, the two main love stories in the show, are incest. Incest-related uh, romance. It's it's incest. It's uh, one a guy and his sister, and a guy and his aunt. People are cheering for them. Do you, do you guys get it? <laughs> you know, people. I I saw clips of it. I did not. I could not. Well, I have the stomach to watch the whole show, but I've learned about the 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 the, the relationships in it. And uh, one of the main relationships was a guy who is you know with his sister, and I'm like, okay. People are okay with that. Then you go online and people are cheering for it. Oh my God, we wish that they are together. I'm like, wait, what now? What's going on to the world? This is disgusting. Well, apparently not. Apparently it's not disgusting for a lot of people. A guy with his aunt or aunt. And then the new show, the follow-up, I forgot what is it called, The House of the Dragon. Uh, a girl and her uncle. And again, they're like... And it's as if the writers, and I know they're based on ridiculous books, but it's as if the 
people who wrote the book, the guy who wrote the book, uh, or the writers, the, the script writers, the, the, the screenplay writers, they know that this is what people like now. They're perverts. That's, by the way, the definition. They're perverts. They have weird fetishes. It's unbelievable, wallahi, the world we live in. Why? Because morality is declining. They are desensitizing you to fahisha, to sexual related sins, and it's disgusting. It's not even a regular sin. This is this is one of the most heinous, disgusting sins. But people are liking it. Let's make more. Let's make spin-offs and prequels and sequels and all these things. Morality has declined. And I'm like, what if the Prophet look at us now and sees and he knows about certain things that will happen in the future. And he knows that, you know, Muslims will be weak in terms of faith. And I'm like ashamed. Well, why I'm ashamed? What happened to purity? It's like now when you talk about purity, people make fun of you. A pure halal relationship. Everybody wants this like forbidden love. It's disgusting. You, you guys have no idea how disgusting this is. Allah created for you a normal halal relationship. This is how you, if you want a relationship, that's how you do it. If you want halal money, that's how you get it. If you want anything halal, Allah gave you solutions. But we are greedy. We always want more. We always want what's not for us. It's a human nature. That's why people do the haram. You have, like I mentioned in one of the episodes, I believe the episode of, of the addiction, right? The majority of things on earth are halal for us. So what do we do? We leave the majority of things on earth and we pick the minority, the haram stuff. Like, you, it's, it's mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling. You have now men going uh, at the gym, going, taking showers with women, and then when, when people freak out, they're like, well, we are, we, we're, we're, we identify as women. Or we're non-binary. We don't have a gender. Guess what's happening now? You can't say anything about it. You don't like it? You leave the bathroom or the shower. That guy who is in the lady's shower because he identifies as a woman, he has the right to do that. Do you see what kind of world we live in? And it's about to get worse. Buckle up. It's about to get worse. Unfortunately, it's about to get worse. Wallahi, let's just take a step back and start analyzing the world. From the hypocrisy of the media, the hypocrisy of the politicians, the pure inhumanity, and now the pure immorality. And you're like, what's happening to the world? Pure hate. Pure everything. Everything negative now is just to the extreme. And they get mad at the Muslims for, you know, uh, their women wearing hijab. This is oppressive. <laughs> Subhanallah. Subhanallah. That's the, by the way, this is the work of shaitan. What shaitan does is that he transforms purity to impurity. So people, when they look at a Muslim a woman who is wearing hijab, a Muslim sister, they're like, this is bad. This is bad. This is backwards. This is oppressive. But then they go out. They take off their clothes. They go naked. There are even like nude beaches. And I'm like, wait, what now? 
and it's i know it's always been there it's just when you're now thinking about how how did we get here how did we get here people left morality they just threw it out of the window they want to be free quote unquote free now what they do not know is that every little action they make will have consequences if not now in the hereafter and wallahi you do not want consequences in the hereafter you don't you simply don't you have people who are like it's like as if the world comes up with with they're like they want to top the most ridiculous thing that they have right now the most immoral inhumane thing they want to top it like oh what what can i do to make it crazier yeah, suicide rate now is is going high among little kids. Little kids who didn't even start life committing suicide. How is that even possible? A 15-year-old who little what what is depressing in your life? You didn't even start your life. And I know some people have bad situations at home, but to the degree that you want to commit suicide. Why? You look at the extravagant parties people are, are throwing. Like you, you see the complete imbalance in the world. You see it, that, right? You see that. That's why there is a day of judgment, my dear brothers and sisters. That's why Allah is just. Because all the craziness that you see right now, all the injustice that you see right now, will be dealt with on a day of judgment. People are throwing parties costing what? Two, three million dollars? But then the people in Gaza are dying. They can't even find water to drink, clean water to drink. They can't find bread to eat. Nothing, none of that. And you're like, how is that even possible? How? Like, uh, I remember um, someone I know um, a, a while ago invited me to uh, to you know go out have dinner in a restaurant and then i was looking at the menu and like the cheapest plate on the menu was like 60 70 i'm talking about the cheapest plate it was like you know one of these fancy restaurants like a fine dining kind of restaurant right and he's like oh yeah we can try this thing and I'm, i was like I, di- I didn't go i was just looking at the menu online and it's like whatever he wanted was like the, the dish is like almost almost a hundred dollars and I, and I was like, I'm, I can't do that. I, I literally called and I was like, let's just let's just meet up somewhere else. I'm like, there are people dying out there overseas. I cannot have the stomach literally to eat this. Like, this is unfair by all, like, if you, I can't even, like, I wouldn't go to sleep. But then you see people doing more than that, throwing money more than that. While people are hungry around the world. Forget about what's happening in Palestine for a second. People are hungry around the world and you see the leftovers. Piles and piles of food just thrown in the garbage. People don't think anymore about, there is no compassion. And by the way, I'm not talking about Muslims or non-Muslims. This This goes for both. No compassion, no nothing. That's why there is a day of judgment. There is something called hisab, judgment. You will be judged for your actions. Don't for a second think that you can skip that part. 
That's the, the actually that's the whole purpose of your existence right now is to go there and live that part. You know, with what's going on in the world right now, I have a lot of people asking me, why does Allah allow this? That's by the way, one of the questions that made people become atheists is this question. Atheism is increasing not just people who are Muslims. This is actually the minority are from Islam. People are from other faiths. They're leaving Christianity, they're leaving Judaism. They're like, what's happening in the world? God doesn't exist. And and I know I answered that question many times on the podcast, but I, I want to address it from a different perspective today. First of all, it's as if people want to worship Allah how they want, on their own terms. Do you understand? Because we're supposed to worship Allah SWT, God, based on His terms, not ours. Again, you worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala according to his terms. On his time, when he tells you pray on that time, you pray on that, not on your time. That's how worship is to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You have to worship him according to his terms. Allah tells you how to worship him. You do not tell Allah how to worship him. That is, we have to make that clear. People want to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala according to their own terms. On their own time. When they're free. After the TV show's done, let me go pray. After I go out with my buddies, let me come and pray. Do do you understand? This is the problem. We want to worship Allah according to our terms. It's like we want Allah to do certain things for us so we can believe in Him. That is what's happening in the world right now. It's like we're worshiping Steven Spielberg, not Allah. We give him a script and we'll be like, we want the product to come out like that. That's how we're going to worship you. You're worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You worship Allah the way Allah wants you to worship him. What is Islam, my dear brothers and sisters? Please, please remind me. What is Islam? It's submission to Allah. Submission to Allah while worshiping Allah. So when you see what's happening to our brothers and sisters in Palestine or in, around the world, there, there's a lot of persecution for the Muslims in Burma, in China, in India, Syria, you name it. It's, every, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's just because we have social media focused now on Palestine, we are feeling it. But this, this has been happening in Palestine for 75 years. This is not something new. We're just discovering now the raw footage. We're seeing the events unfolding in front of our eyes. That's why this is different. And when we see this happening, what do we say? Why Allah is letting this happen? Because you want Allah to do what you want. Your worshiping to Allah is conditional. Your worship is conditional. You want Allah to do what you want, then you can admit that there is an Allah and you worship Him. He has to do what you want. He wants to give you what you want. But that's not how it works. Submission. What is the test here? What is the test? The test is you believe that Allah is out there. And you believe that the victory will come. Whether you witness it or not, by the way. You have to believe in Allah. How would you believe in Allah when you're not witnessing uh, you know, atrocities and mass genocide? That's your test right there. Now, what are you going to do about it? You do your best. You do what you can. Without for a second doubting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But again, many of us, those who ask the question, of course, I'm not talking about all of us. Alhamdulillah. You know, even the Palestinians, when you watch the videos, 
They're always Alhamdulillah. Allah will bring victory. Allah will bring victory. It's it's amazing. And because of them, a lot of people are now becoming Muslims. If you guys, I don't know if you guys watch those videos, but a lot of people are now like, where these people have such strange, strong faith. What is that faith? We want to learn more about Islam. Some people started reading Quran because of what's happening in Palestine. And that's a victory in itself, by the way. That is a victory in itself. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said what? This is the entire chapter of the chapter of Nasr. I just recited it to you right now. The whole chapter of Nasr. It's a, it's a very small chapter. Al-Nasr. The victory. Allah is saying, when the victory of Allah comes, you're going to see a lot of people entering Islam, embracing Islam. That's a type of victory right there. But no, you want the victory that we perceive. Even them, the Palestinians, they know the true victory. And they tell, they tell you themselves, don't worry, the, the, our children are martyrs. You know, they're in Jannah. The Prophet ﷺ also said something very significant. He said what? What happens, what does the martyr feel when, when a martyr dies? What does he or she feel? Like, do they feel the pain? For example, you know, when they drop missiles or bombs on houses and they kill all the civilians. What happens? How do, do they really suffer? And Prophet said what? No, it's as if someone literally pinched you. And the next second, the next moment, like, so, so they, they feel like this. Once the, the, the whatever, the, the strike, once they get struck by whatever, the moment they get struck, it's like a pinch. It's like someone is pinching you. And then the second moment, what happens? You're in paradise. They're in paradise. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. They have faith and you don't. They, the people themselves have, mashallah, in unbelievable faith. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually addresses this. Uh, those people who are, you know, have doubts in Allah when they face severe calamities in the chapter of Baqarah, verse number 214. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us that do you think Jannah is for free? Do you think Jannah is for free? Because Allah said, Jannah is the most expensive commodity. That's why you have to work for it. And working for it is not impossible. Have some faith. Do some actions. That's it. Done. You go to Jannah, inshallah. That's it. Can you imagine? You don't have to spend billions of dollars to go to let, let, let the enemies of Islam spend the billions of dollars. You can enter Jannah, inshallah. While, while you know, you're not doing a lot of effort. But it all comes, from, the effort has to come from the heart. That is the true effort right there. Right? You're not spending all your money. You're not running around everywhere. You know what I mean? You can enter Jannah if you have the right intentions and if you do the right actions. That's it. So Allah is saying, do you think Jannah is free? Am hasibatum jannah. And then when I bring you some tests, like the people before you, don't, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was addressing the Prophet and the companions. And he's saying, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, 
they are faced with calamities and hardships. Wazulzilu, and they are shaking from the inside. Zulzilu, zilzal by the way is like an earthquake. So that's a saying like when you're shaking from the inside, that's when Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says Wazulzilu, hatta yaqul al-Rasul wal-ladina ma'hu mata nasrullah. The Prophet and the people with him, they say, when is the victory of Allah? When is it coming? We can't see. We're in such a dire situation, and we're asking, when is the victory of Allah? When is it? Then Allah responds, "Ala inna nasrallahi qareeb." Victory is coming. Just be patient. I keep saying that. Be patient. Victory is coming. Trust in Allah. And indeed, the Prophet and the companions they did trust in Allah all the time. Wallahi, Subhanallah. Now, the other point I want to make is that for those who, again, who say, well, you know, there must be no God here. When all these atrocities are taking place, mass genocide, people are dying. Like, I I don't think God is not doing anything about it. That shows also another lack of knowledge that you have, because that means that you believe that this life is everything, is the end all. And that's simply not the case. The hereafter is the true life is everything because you live there for eternity this life we're all gonna die we're all gonna die you know the difference between our martyrs and their dead people is what their dead people go to hellfire the enemies of islam our dead people go to jannah inshallah this by the way this happened during the battle of uhud when a lot of muslims died abu sufyan went there and he started bragging oh muhammad I won, you won last time, I won this time. Talking about the battle of Badr. So we're equal now. Then the Prophet told the companions to respond because he didn't want to respond and let uh, Abu Sufyan know that he was alive. So he told the companions to respond and he said, tell him, no, we're not equal. You're dead, your dead soldiers are in hellfire, ours are in Jannah. Be honored that you are a Muslim, wallahi. Put that badge of honor right here on your chest. Put that badge. Because you have a lot of Muslims who are even afraid to show that they're Muslims. You have a lot of Muslims who fight one another. You have a lot of Muslims who commit bullying towards one another. How are you going to be proud of who you are when you are nothing like the Prophet ﷺ told us to be? How could you complain when you are lacking your Islam? When you don't know who you are? When you're not dealing with yourself as a Muslim, when you don't want people to deal with you as a Muslim. But then you get angry and you say, why Allah is allowing this? Why Allah is allowing that? SubhanAllah, Wallahi. And you have now a lot of, a lot of crazy people, Wallahi, a lot of people like this, this Muslim guy, I saw his video. And he's trying to explain to people that uh, drinking al- alcohol is, is not haram. You know what was scary about this whole video? His... Followers are massive And they're agreeing with him They're like Oh we never thought That this was the case We never looked at it this way He's like Oh well The khamr in the Quran Because khamr means alcohol Khamr means something else Khamr means gathering money So Allah is saying Do not come near gathering money But that, that, that means That we still can drink Do you know what's going on? It's people want to do the haram And they're trying to justify it I get it You just want to do this Alright just do it I'm not, no one can force you So just do whatever you want Don't try to justify it 
Same guy, again, massive following on social media. He goes and he's like, well, something bothered me and I've been looking for an answer for it for many years of my life. What is that? How did Adam get on earth? When Allah, you know, kicked him out of Jannah, how did Adam get on earth? He's like, Quran has everything. Quran has everything. So, Allah should have answered that. And then he started fabricating verses and, you know, kind of uh, doing his own interpretation. And he's like, well, I know now. Adam and Eve, they had wings. They flew down to earth. He tried to make everything logical. Do you understand? And again, a lot of people are like, oh, wow. We never thought of it this way. And I'm like, what is happening to the world? Really? You spend years of your life trying to figure out how Adam came down to earth? Really? So you left aqidah, you left all the major things. And you just that's what bothered you about everything, about our history, about you know what happened between Satan and Adam and Eve. Really, that's that's the only thing that bothered you. That is it. And again, you have a lot of people who are and again it's the same type of people who feed on the ignorance of other people, even if they were Muslims. We are reaching a very, very difficult state, Wallahi. Very difficult state. We are falling apart. Our humanity is falling. Again, all of mankind. And this will happen. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by the way, have you seen the earthquakes that have been increasing? The Prophet said, towards the end of time, earthquakes will increase. And it's been happening. How many earthquakes now? There's one in Afghanistan, there's one in Morocco, one in Turkey, one in Syria. And the flooding in, in, in Libya. It's, isn't that insane? Now you go and you say, well, we, we must be doing something wrong. People are like, shh, don't, don't say that. You have to be politically correct. My dear brother, Omar ibn al-Khattab himself said that. Do you guys know this? There was an earthquake when Omar al-Khattab was leading them, um, uh, the Muslims at his, you know, at his khilafah. An uh, earthquake hit Medina. What did he do? He got on the member, on the pulpit in the masjid and he said what ya ayuha nas ma kanat hadhihi zalzala illa an shay'in ahdathtumu walladhi nafsi biyadi in adat la usakinukum fiha abada wallahi look at this the, the leader of the muslims at the time umar ibn al-khattab may allah be pleased with him he said this earthquake that just happened we're doing something wrong here we're we're away from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and by Allah, if it happens again, I'm leaving Medina. That means I don't want to associate myself with you guys. Do you see this? Do you see the iman? Do you see the faith? Wallahi, I, I wish those people lived with us. I wish. We have great Muslims, mashallah, living with us. But imagine the companions, my dear brothers and sisters. At least the companions. Of course, I wish the Prophet lived with us. But at least the companions. Umar ibn Khattab, my dear brothers and sisters, when he walked from a street, you guys know the story. The Prophet said it straight up. He said what? When you walk in a street, shaitan walks the other way. Shaitan is scared of you. Shaitan is scared of you, O Umar. Why do you think shaitan is scared of Umar? Because the strength of his iman, of his faith. That's why every time he walks from a street, Shaitan runs away, literally flies away, goes in another direction. Subhanallah. 
Now compare this to what's going to happen in the future. They will have a wonderful leader, Isa ibn Maryam, Jesus Christ, peace be upon him. Now we don't know what, what's going to happen to Al-Mahdi. There's no mentioning of the fate of Al-Mahdi. Is he going to you know, rule after Isa or is he going to die before Isa? We really don't know. The Mahdi story ends with the Juj and Majuj when they were in the in the in the mountain of Tur, and that's that's basically it. We don't know what's going to happen after. Uh, but again, um, they had a, a wonderful leader, Al Mahdi. Then they had uh, Isa ibn Maryam, Jesus Christ, and then there were there was nobody. So they try to hold hold on as much as they can, and then little by little, sins came back. They started practicing all the haram stuff. And then they went to the extreme again, major sins. So that was simply, you know, some some examples of how we are falling as as mankind, right? And the reason why I want to talk about this, the fundamental reason is there's only one reason, but then from that one reason, you can extract multiple sub reasons, right? The, the number one, and this is mentioned in the Quran, by the way, which is not obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now, some might say, well, wait a second. The majority of mankind right now are not Muslims. How are they going to you know, obey Allah's commands and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Here's, here's the thing. The fact that the majority of mankind is, and always been, like we said, uh, the disbelievers in Islam, right? Again, the, the term disbelievers, some people take offense to it, but it is reality. You do not believe in Islam, that means you are a disbeliever from a Muslim perspective. Same thing that from a Christian perspective, we as Muslims, we are disbelievers in you know, the Christian <clears throat> belief. Like for example, from a Christian perspective, we are also disbelievers because we do not believe that Jesus Christ uh, you know, was ever the son of God. We do not believe that Jesus Christ is divine in any way, shape, or form. So we are disbelievers in their, uh, in their aqidah, in their theology, right? Same thing as Judaism. You know, we do not believe the things that they say about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We do not believe that, you know, that Allah commanded them to destroy uh, people during the battles and kill women and basically kill civilians and kill women and this is in the Old Testament by the way kill you know uh, uh, little kids women uh, non-combatants we do not believe in God has regretted creating mankind like again it's in by the way in Genesis in in the Old Testament that God cre- regrets creating mankind so they they depict Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the messengers, like we said in a previous episode, talking about the children of Israel, in in a in a very unbefitting or non-befitting manner. Allah is Allah, and and again we get it. A lot of modifications happened, so we do not believe in that. So they consider us also disbelievers. So when I talk about disbelievers, that the majority of mankind right now are disbelievers, it makes perfect sense. Because if you were believers, you would have believed in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Prophet Muhammad sallallahu as a messenger. If you don't, then you are a disbeliever of our theology, of our belief as Muslims. And there's no offense here at all. Now, the fact that the majority of mankind are disbelievers in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that's not a good sign. That is not a good sign. 
But it's always been the case. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran multiple times, So Allah is saying the majority of mankind do not believe. Do you understand? This is multiple times in the Quran. The majority of mankind do not comprehend the truth. Allah always described the majority of mankind that they are. And again, that doesn't mean that Allah wanted the majority of mankind. Because I, I hear this debate or this kind of point of view. If Allah wanted, and this is by the way mentioned in the Quran. Let me let me let me discuss this for a second. If Allah wanted, He would have made us believe. But apparently Allah does not want the majority of mankind to believe. Allah wants a very small group of mankind to be special. The VIP section, if you want to call it, the believers. Why is that? I hear that a lot. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responds to that claim. Can you imagine? So for those, you know, again, you you, you can you know see it on, on, on social media and everywhere. People now are opening up to the Quran, right? Non-Muslims are reading the Quran. And one of the claims that they say or one of the things that they admit that the Quran answers most of their problems or their questions you know quran has the solution to all of the problems that they're facing or again the most of the problems that they're facing and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answers that claim when they say oh well if allah willed the majority of mankind would have believed what does allah say in the chapter of an'am verse number 148 سَيَقُولُ الَّذِينَ أَشْرَكُوا لَوْ شَاءَ اللَّهُ مَا أَشْرَكْنَا وَلَا آبَاؤُنَا وَلَا حَرَّمْنَا مِنْ شَيْءٍ Look at this. Allah is literally telling you what the disbelievers will say. سَيَقُولُ الَّذِينَ أَشْرَكُوا The disbelievers will say. This is Allah literally telling you. If Allah willed, لَوْ شَاءَ اللَّهُ مَا أَشْرَكْنَا We would have never disbelieved. We would, ne- we would have never committed shirk. Nor our fathers. And, you know, all the forbidden, nothing will be forbidden for us. We would be, you know, believers. But Allah doesn't want that apparently. That's what they're saying. Then Allah said what? Do you, I sent you prophets and messengers. I kept telling you about the truth. Now, Do you have another truth? Allah is saying, Do you have another source of knowledge to show us? Show us your other source of knowledge. I sent you the source of knowledge, the correct source of knowledge. Do you have another one? Because you obviously didn't want to follow that one. So it seems like you have another source of knowledge that tells you otherwise. Where is that? Where did you get it from? So Allah, in simple words, is saying what? Do not make that claim. Because I sent you prophets with the truth. I sent you messengers with the truth. And you rejected them. You didn't care. You didn't want to get out of your bubble. You didn't want to get out of your comfort zone. It's that simple. So again, the fact that the majority of mankind are oblivious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, oblivious of the true message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is currently Islam, and will always be, by the way, this is it. Islam is the final religion. Allah is not sending any more messages, any more religions. That's it. That was it. Prophet Muhammad was the final prophet and messenger. And we said, 
Prophet Isa Prophet Jesus Christ, peace be upon him, will come back not as a prophet, not as a messenger, but as a leader. That's it. He will follow the message and the Sharia and uh, the, the Sunnah of Prophet Muhammad You have it right there. People are being exposed to it right now, of course, because of what's happening in Palestine. And people have always been, uh, again, the minority, but again, they've always been, uh, you know, curious about Islam. And people with the right heart, with the with the true intention of seeking the truth, they always revert to Islam or convert to Islam. People who are like, ah, it's a lot. That's too much. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying everyone who does not convert after they, you know, read the Quran or, you know, they have evil intentions. Some people actually lack the correct interpretation. And that is our role right now to tell people the correct interpretation of the Quran. Now, that's for the non-Muslims. Also for the non-Muslims, this life is very dear to them. The majority of them, I, I, I don't know, like some people don't care that much about life, and I'm talking about non-Muslims still. But the majority of them, they care about this life because they don't have, I know that some beliefs like Christianity and, and, and Judaism, they believe that eventually, you know, they're going go to go to paradise because they are the children of God, right? And even Allah refutes that. You're not the children of God. You're not his beloved. Only if you're a believer, that applies. Allah does not want to harm you. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, what would, what would Allah do with torturing you, with punishing you in hellfire? Allah does not want to do that. But at the same time, Allah is not going to spoil you and love you no matter what you do. If you're an evil person, that does not make any sense because Allah is just. The ultimate just, as a matter of fact. No one can have justice more than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah literally gave a drop of his justice to the, to the world so they can live with. So when you see people you know, calling for justice, seeking justice, this is just a drop of Allah's justice. So you want to say, I can do whatever I want. And I know some beliefs, they have that. I'll do whatever I want as long as I you know, just say I believe in Allah, then that's it. It doesn't work that way. Allah does not love you no matter what. I always said this on a podcast. There's no such thing as unconditional love. It doesn't exist. Love must and should be conditional. You have to do something for me to love you. I can't just love you while you're a terrible human being. I can't. You know, the joke is uh, Israel, the state, is getting this unconditional love treatment, which is very true if you think about it. From some people, no matter what Israel does, they're getting that unconditional love. Just do whatever. Kill kids. Kill civilians. Kill innocent people. We still love you. We still love you. That's what it is. That's reality. But alhamdulillah, Allah does not treat us that way. Because Allah is Allah. I mean, that the unconditional love could come from certain human beings. And by the way, even that is conditional. Because there's a, there are agendas out there why people are still in love with Israel. It's just on the outside. It seems like it's unconditional love. Even that is fake. Just to let you know, think about it. Everyone who supports Israel, there is something that they're gaining. Or people who are you know very silent, there's something that they're afraid that to lose their jobs. There is something. There's a reason why which makes me again go back to my statement there is no such thing as unconditional love doesn't exist 
Allah's love to us comes with a very simple condition. Wallahi, a very simple one. Follow my commands. Worship me. Do good. That's it. That's it. Can you imagine? It's not that hard. It's not that hard. Yes, I, I understand that once you become a Muslim, in the beginning, oh, praying five times a day is a lot. Even though when you count it, it's just literally five times a day, and it's five minutes every time, 25 minutes total. That's that's how like that's the amount of time that you basically spend on praying. Imagine the rest of the day you're doing basically nothing. So when you think about it logically, it's not that difficult. But again, we don't want to get out of our comfort zone. We don't, even if it's going to be for 25 minutes a day. I'm talking about Muslims and non-Muslims now. Those who see prayers or praying five times a day is just too much to bear and too much to handle. Allah's love to us is conditional. People who say Allah will love us no matter what and we're going to go to Jannah and pa- or paradise no matter what. This is a fake illusion. It's not true. Even for Muslims, if you're a bad Muslim, you're going to go to hellfire at least in the beginning. Allah is fair. Allah will never equate between you and someone who worships Allah. I'm talking about you as someone who does not believe. Right? There's someone who does not pray, who doesn't think about believing in Allah, who is not committed to Allah in any way, shape, or form. Allah will never equate between you and someone who prays five times a day, pays zakah, pay, uh, fasts Ramadan, does good uh, in his or her community. Like, again, practicing good Muslims. Allah will never equate between you and them. It's not logical. It's like this. If you're in a company, Someone is literally doing nothing, sitting on their desk or not even, not even coming to work, sitting home, watching movies all day, playing video games all day, and they're your coworker. But then you go to work every day. You put in the work. You do your best. Nine to five, you keep working and working and you barely eat your lunch and you, you know, barely take a lunch break. But again, because you want to do a great job. Then think about this. Both of you are getting paid the same salary. And when there's a raise, both of you get the same raise. Do you think this is fair? Do you think this is fair? Well, if it's fair to you, it's not fair to Allah. If it's fair to you, it's not fair to Allah. Those who live their lives oblivious, not wanting to practice Islam, not wanting to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, all right, good on you. You're going to enjoy this life. Even by the way, if they were good people, if they had good hearts. Because I always answer this question. Some people might say, well, you're saying that all non-Muslims who heard about Islam, they will not go to paradise. It's that simple. But why? What if there were good people in them? Yes, Allah will reward them in this life. Because the if you want to be rewarded in the hereafter, you have to start by being a Muslim, by worshiping Allah. You're worshiping Allah. And to in order for you to worship Allah the correct and the proper way, you have to become a Muslim first. You have to be identified as a Muslim. But people don't want to do that. And then they complain. Why Allah? Why am I not going to? Why why Muslims are claiming that we're not going to paradise? Because you don't want to do the work. You don't want to do the work. And Allah is fair. We're doing terrible things in this world. You know, we're doing terrible things in this world. Like, I want to pause for a second and, and just think about this. The narrative that... You know, labeling, uh, let me just go back to the West now, especially the Western media 
and the Western politicians. In every single movie you see, or we've been seeing, on the news, everywhere, when you see a Muslim saying Allahu Akbar in a movie, you'll be like, oh boy, here we go, here we go. They're about to blow up something, right? Please correct me if I'm wrong. The majority, and I'm not saying every single movie or every single TV, but the majority, the absolute majority, and you cannot deny that. When you see a Muslim literally bowing to Allah in a movie, if you're a non-Muslim, you'll be like, oh boy, something bad is about to happen. And if you're a Muslim, you're like, yeah, yeah, they're going to they're gonna show something bad now that this guy did or this, this woman did. We already know now. We already know now. The fact that social media, the fact that the you know news media news outlets and you know politicians and people in power are creating this insane barrier between the Muslim world and the, the rest of the world because they want you to look at them as dangerous, angry people. You know, this is a cult. They're trying to get to you. They hate your freedom. As a matter of fact, we don't have any freedom in any Western country, just to let you know. It's an illusion. Again, if your freedom contradicts what the government or the politicians or the media, what they want, you'll be persecuted. And I always said this, and even use this in the LGBTQ issue. If you speak up against LGBTQ, if you say, well, I want them to live in peace, but I don't want to support them, you'll be persecuted. Some people got fired from their jobs. What happened to the freedom of speech? What happened to, you know, being in a free country, living in a free country in the West? That's that's the biggest, it's an illusion. Freedom is how they define it, how the people in power define freedom. And if you get out of this definition, if you, you know, go away from that definition, you become oppressed and you become persecuted. It's that simple. So now the depiction of the Arabs, quote-unquote Arab Muslims. By the way, the majority of Muslims are not Arabs. I think Arabs are between 15 and 20% of the Muslims in, around the world. So think about that for a second. They're savages. They're barbaric, right? They say that. But then people started realizing, wait a second. And I'm not saying the majority of mankind, but people started to realize from what's happening in Palestine. They're not barbaric. They're dying and they're saying, thank Allah. Oh, Allah, protect us. Oh, Allah, protect our kids. Oh, Allah, take our kids and save them in paradise. We are content with Allah's destiny. Wait, how are they acting like that? Why are they acting like that? They're supposed to say death to the West. Am I correct? They're supposed to say all of this. Why are they not saying it? And that is the power of media. That is the power of politicians who have crowd will have audience that is the power of misleading people people with no knowledge people with you know hate inside them because they are afraid of the other the unknown and that is it's it's, it's a fact we're always afraid of the unknown we're always afraid of those we do not know or even worse we're always afraid of those who people around us tell us we should be afraid of you should be afraid of muslims that's what they say so guess what happens when you don't know anything about islam you, the only option that you have is, yeah, I should be afraid of them. And being afraid of them creates hate and being hateful. Okay, let me go attack them before they come and attack me. 
That is that, that that's the concept right there. Nelson Mandela was labeled, literally labeled as a terrorist. Years later, he was a patriot. He was a hero. George Washington. Guys, George Washington was labeled as a terrorist by the British government. If they don't like you, they will label you. That is just bottom line. And people are falling for it. And that is why it's people think that the you know society is we're getting more what's the word? We're getting more evolved. We're getting better. No, we're getting worse. Because we're letting a few people be in control. We never use our brains. Well, now it's happening. SubhanAllah. And I believe this is 100% Allah's plan. Yes, there is hardship and there's difficulty that's happening right now. But guess what? Alhamdulillah, we're not losing. All of the martyrs who died, all the Muslim brothers and sisters who died, they are going to paradise inshallah. We're not losing this. You cannot defeat a Muslim. A true Muslim, you cannot defeat them. You kill them, they are martyrs. Right? You kill them, they are martyrs. You oppress them, they will be rewarded by Allah for their patience. You let them be, they're going to, inshallah, tell the world about Islam. You cannot defeat a Muslim. It's that simple. Wallahi. You cannot. Another thing. Now, talking about our dear brothers and sisters in Islam. Straying away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the number one cause of the declining of our society. The declining of the world as a whole. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not punish the believers, just to let you know. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tests the believers, yes, but does not punish them. You will be tested and you're going to face calamities because Allah wants to expiate even from your minor sins. Right? Because Allah wants to reward you on the day of judgment. Now, the reason why the society is, is declining, mankind is falling, is because a lot of Muslims, alhamdulillah, not the majority, but a lot of Muslims are far away from Allah. Omar ibn al-Khattab, may Allah be pleased with him, said what? نَحْنُ قَوْمٌ أَعَزَّنَ اللَّهُ بِالْإِسْلَامِ فَمَهْمَ ابْتَغَيْنَ الْعِزَّةِ فِي غَيْرِهِ أَذَلَّنَ اللَّهُ we are a nation that Allah gave us honor and dignity through Islam. Allah gave us dignity and honor through Islam. If you want to get dignity and, uh, uh, and honor otherwise, somewhere else, not through Islam, you will be humiliated. And that's what's happening right now. That's what's happening right now. And I'm not talking about the Palestinians. MashaAllah, the Palestinians are showing incredible faith in Allah. Again, they're causing people to be curious about Islam. I'm talking about the rest of the Muslims. Many Muslims are like, uh, yeah, it's not my problem. It's not my problem what's happening right now. Come on. It's not my problem. Why should I care? I have like this business deal with, you know, some companies that support Israel and they are, you know, okay with mass genocide to our brothers and sisters in Palestine, but I have to do the deal. I have to fulfill the deal. Come on, it's, it's, I'm going to lose a lot of money. And measure on that many levels, from the lowest level to the highest level types of deals, right? Because we want to be dignified through something else, not through Islam. We're not 
honored. We don't not feel honored and dignified through Islam. That's the problem. Go back to Allah. Go back to Allah. Care more about fulfilling Allah's commands. You know, I always I always say this. Allah comes first. And I apply this and I actually have it on my wallpaper on my phone. Allah comes first. What does that mean? If I'm, you know, uh, doing uh, the homework with my daughters and it's critical and everything, then the adhan comes. The time for prayers comes. Okay? Leave everything and pray. Allah comes first. When you're about to do something haram, and again, I'm not saying that we are sinless. That's not reality either. We are sinful, but as long as you remember, always say Allah comes first. When you're about to eat food that it's you know not halal and you don't care, pause and say Allah comes first. What did Allah say in the Quran? When you're about to you know indulge in usury, pause and say Allah comes first, not the comfort of you know the new house that I want to buy, not the comfort of the new car that I want to buy. What does Allah want me to do? When you want to date this girl or you want to date this boy, pause and say Allah comes first. Will Allah be pleased with my relationship with that individual? We don't do that anymore. We just follow our desires. I want this. I want it now. That's it. Then later on, we'll be like, ah, yeah, I feel bad about it. I really do. May Allah forgive me for that. And that's what's causing the problem. That's what's causing the problem. How do you want to become a role model to the rest of the world? You want to become, a, the world is looking at Muslims right now. The world is looking at Muslims right now. And they're watching. What are you doing? Because we see the Palestinians. They're incredible. They're like, you know, the, 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 they set the bar high. They set the bar very high, by the way. What about the rest of the Muslims? If you're not practicing, if you go out and smoke with your buddies, if you go out and drink, and if you date, and if you do this, and if you do that, and if you indulge in usury, if you do whatever, anything, anything that's un-Islamic, people will be like, wait, those are the best of mankind? What, what Allah said in the Quran that, you know, they are the best nation to live among the rest of, the, the rest of mankind? Those people? Do you understand? And I, we get it. Every religion has good seeds and bad seeds. We know that. There will always be bad Muslims until the day of judgment, by the way. Until the day that every single human being dies. There's always that. But why should you be one of the bad ones? Try to be one. Because if every single human being tried to become one of the good ones, we're going to minimize this. We're going to be, in terms of majority, the good. Because, alhamdulillah, we are still the majority are practicing Muslims. They're doing their best to live the best life, to, you know, forbid evil, to enjoy goodness and encourage goodness. The majority of Muslims are like that. But again, we could be even more. Some of us just don't care. But you know who cares? The enemies of Islam. They do care. They put the effort, they put the work to ruin the image of Islam like we said. They care. Subhanallah, they're very active. They spend billions and 
billions of dollars trying to ruin the image of Islam. And again, we said they have political reasons. They have economical reasons. Not just that. Islam happened to be, or Muslims happened to be standing in the way of them achieving what they want. So let's ruin it. But there's also a religious aspect to this. And I want you to focus on this for a second. This is really critical, okay? Hear me out. Imagine a world where the majority of mankind are Muslims. Again, I'm not picking on the West. Again, enemies of Islam, by the way, are in the West and are in the East. They're everywhere, even in the Middle East. So this is not, it's just the West happened to be more vocal about it and more creative about it, okay? But imagine this. Imagine in the West, the, the, the countries are predominantly Muslim countries. I'm not talking about the government, by the way. Let's say that the government are non-Muslim government. And we, we know that, you know, it's a secular system. But let's say that the majority of the people, you know, the public, are Muslims. Think about this world for a second. It's threatening to certain people. It's threatening to certain people because guess what? Think about it this way. Imagine a world or a country. Let's take one country, for example, that is uh, it's built on capitalism, right? And then you're telling the people of that country or certain people in that country that, you know what, the majority of the people are Muslims. That means they won't indulge in usury. They're not going to buy and sell with interest rate, right? Because in Islam, for those of you who do not know, for those who are listening for the first time, usury is haram. It's not allowed in Islam. Paying interest or, uh, you know, uh, accepting interest is not allowed in Islam. So imagine a country, how would the country function then? We all know the systems. You buy a house now and you pay, you know, in a span of 30 years, filled with interest. Your payment is mostly interest. A car, anything you want to purchase, you have to pay interest. You want to buy a bond. Again, that means you're lending whatever the organization money and then they give you interest uh, you know, over the money that you already paid for that. Interest is an integral part of our economy. And again, I'm not talking about a specific country. As a matter of fact, it's multiple and many countries, at least in the you know, Western Hemisphere. Imagine now the majority of people, I'm not saying all of them, because let's, let's face it, a lot of Muslims, they are part of that system they do they don't care about the halal and the haram when it comes to usury they still do it but we're talking about let's say majority of people are practicing muslims and they won't do that the economy will collapse and they will never allow that to happen so again i'm talking about the religious aspect of it ruin the image of islam make people scared of islam do not let them try to become muslims because if they become muslims their values now will contradict our economical uh, system. I mean, why do you think interest is haram in the first place, Islamically? Why do you think it's not allowed? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not want us to live in a society where the rich gets richer and the poor gets poorer. That's what interest does to you. People are gaining money because they have money. 
So we're all like the, 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 the middle class or the lower class or even people who are just, you know, regular people. You're always living in debt. And that creates imbalance in the world, in, in, in society. That creates injustice in society. Because again, because someone had more money than you, they're even making more money now. And because you do not have that much money, you're even in more debt. Do you understand how crazy this idea is? And people are eating it up. They, because they want to own whatever they want to own, whether it's a house or you know a car or, again, whatever. Whatever requires interest to buy. Well, I think about it. All right, forget about usury. Forget about interest rates and, and you know uh, paying interest. Forget about that. Alcohol. The majority of Muslims, the overwhelming majority of Muslims, they do not drink alcohol. What happens to the bars and... You know, the happy hours and all the alcoholic industry right there. What's going to happen to that? Collapse. Collapse. Those organizations won't last because minority of the people are drinking alcohol. They won't last. They won't last that long. It will collapse. Forget about alcohol. Let's talk about hijab. Women dressed up modestly. Uh, covering their hair, covering their bodies. Let's say that not all Muslims, let's say half of the Muslim, let's say now the, the majority of, of that country, that fictional country is uh, Muslims, right? Let's say half of the Muslims in it, not even all, not even the majority, half of them, half of the women are wearing hijab, but the other half is, is dressed up modestly. Can you imagine a society where all women are dressed up modestly? Think about it for a second. Wallahi, think about it. Not showing skin. Not being treated in a workplace based on looks. Imagine that world. Now that world is maybe I you know ideal for most of us. But to certain people, it's a nightmare. A nightmare. Entertainment business gone. Forget about that. Food wise. Again, if the majority of Muslims only eat halal meat. Well, that's not a problem because even halal meat is increasing now. But then again, that means all the franchises out there, they have to now slaughter animals according to the Islamic Sharia in a merciful way, saying Allah's name, all these things. It's a hassle. It's a problem. So do you see now, if many people are exposed to Islam, how problematic would that be to a lot of organizations, a lot of politicians? Do you understand now? Please, I want you to think with me for a second. And again, this is not attacking a specific entity or a specific... No, I'm just saying it as it is. If you think that people will be okay or certain people out there, people who are in power out there will be okay when majority of their you know the people in their country will be exposed to islam then you are too naive i'm sorry to say that because they won't be okay because again it's an agenda we need money we need power we need influence on the media that's not going to happen and i'm again i'm not saying an islamic ruling we're not saying that the government is islamic by the way we're saying the people the government is secular we're just talking about the people. 
it's going to be a disaster to a lot of people. We're talking about the ideal, by the way, wallahi, forget about the people now in power. How ideal would that world be? How ideal would that world be? People who are actually following the sunnah, the majority of mankind following the sunnah, following the Quran, being decent and honest, lowering their gaze, both men and women, respecting one another, being brothers and sisters in Islam, caring for one another. Another thing, I just, I just thought of that now. The concept of zakah in Islam, the mandatory charity in Islam, and the optional one, the sadaqah. Imagine if the majority of a specific country are paying that. Guess what? No debt. I'm talking, when, I, when I talk about debt, I'm not talking about the, the country's debt. I'm talking about people won't, be, won't have debts to, towards the government. Many people are in debt. The majority of people are in the West. By the way, in the West and again, certain countries in the East, they are in debt. They're paying their home mortgage. They're paying their financing, whatever. They're paying the, 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 their car payments. They're whatever, everything, because again, it's available to you right now. You purchase it now and you keep paying for the rest of your life. You are in debt. Your mind is busy with paying your debts. So imagine now when you when you when you live in a world where nobody is 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 you know buying and selling uh, using usury, right? Nobody's doing that. You're paying in full. People actually support you and help you because of the zakah. Now we're talking about the the the, the mandatory charity here. People are paying zakah for those who can't, for those who are poor. This is an Islamic ruling. You have to pay two point five percent of your wealth, of your savings, to the poor of the Muslims. And then sadaqah, the optional charity, is you can you pay as much as you want, as much as you can, to Muslims and non-Muslims alike. Can you imagine living in a... This is an ideal world, my brothers and sisters. Charity is flying around everywhere. Now we're talking about, again, if the country is predominantly Muslims. Charity flying around. People are receiving charity from those who have money. They don't need to be in debt anymore. They cannot, you know, buy and sell anything with, with usury, with interest, right? People are modest. People are honest and decent. They're disciplined. Praying five times a day. Reading Quran. They are fearing Allah in every action. And I'm saying the majority because, again, like I always say, there are certain Muslims who do not practice that. Can you imagine living in that world? Beautiful world, right? Wallahi, beautiful if you think about it. Well, that is also a nightmare for certain people. If it's a dream for you and me, it's a nightmare for certain organizations, certain people. They cannot allow that. They cannot allow that. So what is what do they do? They work hard to make sure that you would not learn about Islam. To make sure that they ruin the image of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. The best of mankind. They make sure that they ruin the image of Muslims overseas. Look at them. They're barbaric. They hit their women. They marry multiple wives. They do this. They do that. And they take everything out of context. And they present it to you. Hey, what do you think? What do you think? Again, Muslim fighting a war. Oh, this is terrorism. They're all terrorists. They're barbaric. 
like if if for ex- let's let's explore the rules of engagement for example the concept of the rules of engagement during a battle during war islamically speaking islamically speaking the prophet sallam actually there's a hadith by the prophet sallam who said what do not kill a child during war we're not even talking about you know genocide an actual kind of a equal war like the both sides are combatant right if both sides are combatant the prophet said if you met their children do not kill children do not kill elderly you know elder people or like old people musinnan the prophet said musinnan la taqtulu musinnan walam ra'a and do not kill women so who do you kill a fighter a combatant someone who's you know holding a sword during the time of the prophet now you can call it a gun that those are the people that you fight now this is now a fair fight right also the prophet said what said do not torture captives when you capture people from the enemy torturing captives is forbidden in islam it's haram in islam that's not how muslims do you know or when whenever they capture like by the way recorded history companions the prophet sallam whenever they uh, had you know uh, captives with them you know what they do they tie them in in a gentle way in the masjid in the masjid in a mosque so people can see them praying and having peace the majority of the captives became muslims Okay so th- again this is a a snippet no, no 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 treason during war. So if you have a treaty with the enemy you cannot and we, we said we, we mentioned this when we talked about the tribes the Jewish tribes in Medina when the Prophet you know had a treaty with them he kept asking them hey are you going to break the treaty we're not going to break the treaty are you guys going to break it they said no but then yet all three tribes broke the treaty with the Muslims. But the Prophet is telling us you cannot fight people or attack people or betray the enemy if you have a covenant with the enemy no treason even with the enemy this is in islam my dear brothers and sisters another thing that not a lot of people are aware of muslims when 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 muslims are fight, like fighting the enemy again and they found out that the soldiers of the enemy were forced to fight them they did not want to fight them they were forced to fight them mukrahan the word is mukrahan those who were forced to fight muslims the prophet said what as much as you can do not kill those soldiers now if you have no choice if they're about to kill you because they were given the order they don't want to disobey the order but they didn't want to but they're about to kill you then you have to defend yourself but the prophet said to the best of your abilities do not kill a soldier uh, that seems or that you again found out that they have been forced to fight that battle against you can you imagine the rules of engagement how muslims now uh, granted not all muslims in today's world follow this but islamically speaking that's why i say is when you look at certain muslims they do not represent islam islam you have to take it as is that's what islam says whether people follow it or not alhamdulillah the majority do but some people don't right so now again we're not saying that all Muslims follow that some Muslims are extremists and they go and kill civilians this is against Islam 
billion percent against Islam, killing civilians, uh, you know, going and fighting poor people who are non-combatants. It's it's torturing the enemy when uh, when you capture them. This is all against Islam. But Islamically speaking, Islam, like you can with utmost certainty say that Islam teaches us honor during the rules of engagement when we go to war with an enemy. Honor. No treason, no torture, no killing kids, no killing women, no killing elder people, no killing a non-combatant in general. Now, look at the quote-unquote, the modern world, the Western world. And I'm talking about governments here. I'm not talking about actual people because you can tell that people are even, even people are divided. People are like, in the Western world, they're like, what's going on, what's happening? And some people do support what's going on. But I'm talking about in general, about like those who claim that they are the civilized world, those countries that preserve human rights, those countries who are not barbaric, modern countries who are not barbaric, right? Look at the irony. Look at what they're doing right now. And don't get me wrong, this is not just Israel. This is a, a couple of countries whether secretly or you know in public, they are all conspiring against the people of Palestine. But look at it now, honestly. Mass genocide, killing women, children, elder people, non-combatants, torturing their captives. You've seen the videos online, I hope you did. Because there are videos of online when they're mocking people who are literally being tied up, making fun of them beating them, torturing them. Treason everywhere. Treason everywhere. Right? Yeah, we don't go this way. Uh, go, go this way. Go to the south. And then they bomb the south. They hit the south. Treason. Like you give you give safety and security to people and then so they can trust you, then you kill them. And where is it coming from? Oh, the countries that appreciate uh human rights. But they're doing it everywhere. They're doing it blatantly, by the way. It's not even covered anymore. SubhanAllah, our rules of engagement are very clear. Like I said, again, some people don't follow it. The minority, but they're vocal, they're known. And again, certain countries, they emphasize the minority. They tell you, look, look what this minority is doing. This extremist group is doing. That's what all Muslims do. Be scared of the Muslims. Be fear the Muslims. Because that's what they do. Killing millions in, in the Second World War. Killing millions in Vietnam. Killing millions during actually the Crusades. Muslims didn't do any of this. Dropping, you know, atomic bombs, nuclear uh, bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Muslims didn't do any of this. Yet, they're claiming that Muslims are the ones to be feared. The ones who have no honor. The ones who are barbaric. Be scared of them. They're going to come and get you. Now, for those who are uneducated, what, what happens? They believe it. And they start resenting Islam and Muslims. They're working hard to make sure of that. And right now, you see, you're seeing that this is shaking right now. This image that they painted for Muslims, it's, it's not stable. It's unstable right now because the world is understanding what's going on. They're seeing raw footage of what's actually happening to the Muslims and how the Muslims are reacting. 
because of certain Muslims, people now are interested in reading Quran. They don't like that. Certain people, I'm not saying everybody, by the way, certain people. Allah knows who, who those people are, what those organizations are. We do not know. But we know for a fact that are, there are people right there that are spending billions of dollars to attack Islam. They're afraid of Islam because Islam will expose what they're doing and will make them simply lose money. So now people are interested in reading Quran. You know what's the problem? While non-Muslims are interested in reading Quran and fascinated by certain verses that they read, some of our Muslim brothers and sisters, they don't even want to come near it. They don't care. While non-Muslims are exploring Islam and me being literally mind blown by it, for those of you who you know saw the videos out online, some of our brothers and sisters, they're like, yeah, we're, later. We're going to open the Quran later. When I, can you imagine this? And I know, I know, some of us, they took the fact that they were born as Muslims for granted. Wallahi. We took it for granted. That's why I always say, I, and again, many cases that I've seen myself personally, the, the reverts or the converts, the, the new Muslims, they act better than those who were born as Muslims. In many cases, I'm not saying all the cases. There's, mashallah, a lot of great you know, people who are born as Muslims and they do an incredible work. However, you see like more of the reverts or the converts, they're really passionate about Islam more than certain Muslims. Why? Because we took it for granted. We took it for granted. That's it. We were born as Muslims. It's like, let me, let me give you an example. Imagine if you were born into a very wealthy family, a very rich family. Okay? So, you know, you, you eat the best food for breakfast. You uh, ride the, the, the most expensive car in the world. You have the best, you know, gadgets. You have the most expensive suits. All these things, right? To you, this is not a big deal. You were born into this. That's, that's not a big deal. I was always like, this was always has been my life. You know what I mean? Now bring someone who was born into a poor family. They struggle. They used to eat, you know, really poor quality food. They used to eat whatever, you know, bread, some cheese, and that's it. Alhamdulillah, that's it. Then they worked on themselves and they became rich. They became wealthy. The people who become wealthy from being after being poor, they appreciate every single thing they have. More than those who were born into a rich family or, you know, all of their lives they've been rich. They appreciate what they once never had and now they have. That's how I like to compare certain reverts. Now, again, I'm not saying all reverts and I'm not saying all born Muslims, but certain reverts compared to certain Muslims, that's the difference. The reverse, they appreciate, they're like overwhelmed by the incredibleness of the Quran. This is, this is soul healing. It heals my soul. It has an answer to every, almost every question that I have. But those who, certain people who were born into Islam, yeah, I've read the Quran many times. Yeah. Because we take it for granted. And that's why. We're on a decline. And I'm not saying, again, everyone. Some people are, alhamdulillah, steadfast. Some people are fighting. Even non-Muslims. 
they're fighting for what they call humanity, and it is truly humanity. The human decency and dignity. They're fighting for it. Many Muslims are also fighting for it. But when you see those who have power, those who are silent, and I'm not, again, talking about, not talking about a specific situation in general, because they have so much to lose, including Muslims. They have so much to lose. And that's why I believe full heartedly that we are falling as a human race, as the human race. We are falling. We're trying, some of us are trying so hard to, again, because if you think about it, we know that something will happen. And when I say falling, by the way, I just don't mean morally. I don't mean religiously. I mean physically. What do I mean by that? We all know that when the Mahdi comes, when the Antichrist comes, from all the text in the Quran, there will be no technology. Technology will be diminished to either bare minimum or non-existent. We do not know that the level of detail here. But the Prophet said people will fight with swords. People will fight on horses. What will lead to that? What will lead to that? Think about this for a second. What would lead to that? A complete collapse in society. And again, I'm not an alarmist, but this is from the text. Some people are saying, well, that's a metaphor because the Prophet ﷺ did not know how the future will be in terms of, you know, in terms of technology. So he just gave a metaphor and gave an example of riding horses because that's what he knows. But he didn't know that people in the future will be fighting, you know, with the fighter jets, with tanks and whatever. You cannot say that. You have no proof. Our proof is the Prophet said people will be fighting with horses. The Prophet even said, I can describe their horses. Remember the people who will go look for the Antichrist when he first appears. Uh, those who will basically will be following the commands of Al-Mahdi. The Prophet said what? I know them, their names and the, the colors of their horses. Do you understand? The Prophet said, I know their names. The Prophet saw what happens in the future. I know their names. And I know the colors of their horses. Allah showed me. So for those for, for you to come and say, well, that was a metaphor. Technology is not going anywhere. Then you're belying the text. You're contradicting what the, the Prophet said, I saw their horses. That means they will be riding horses. Not tanks, not weapons, not you know um, fighter jets, not cars, not whatever. None of that. So I'm just trying to, you know, speculate. What will happen that will lead humanity to go back to the primitive, quote-unquote, the primitive age, the age of swords and horses? What will happen? Allah knows best. We do not know. The world is filled with, may Allah protect us, nuclear weapons. will Will there be a nuclear war coming ahead? Allah alam. Allah knows best. I do not know. What I know is the Prophet said people will be fighting with horses. And by the way, for those who do not believe the Prophet, for those who are listening for the first time, Albert Einstein said that. He was asked, this this by the way, you can Google it. He was asked, What do you think World War Three will be fought with? What kind of weapons? Look at his quote. This is again, you can find it. I know not with what weapons World War Three will be fought. Meaning, I do not know 
what kind of weapons uh, people will use to fight World War Three. Look at this. But World War Four will be fought with sticks and stones. And he didn't come up with that out of nowhere. He saw the trajectory of, you know, of our people, of the of mankind, of the dangerous evolution in weaponry that we have been trying to, you know, for some weird reason, we're just trying to excel at creating more destructive weapons. And he is speculating. Again, it's all a speculation, an educated guess. That probably what, what he's saying is, if you read his words, Third World War will cause the destruction of mankind. Because in the Fourth World War, people will be fighting with sticks and stones. And this could be the Great War that we talked about, the Armageddon. The Malhamatul Kubra that the Prophet ﷺ talked about because this will be fought with swords and horses. Swords and horses. Now what will happen between now and then that will lead mankind with all of the, the, the technological advancements in weaponry to fight with sticks and stones? Allah protect us. Wallahi, may Allah protect all of us. That's why I always make the dua, Oh Allah, I do not want to live through that time. And of course, when we die, this is up to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but I'm just, it's a dua. I don't want to live through that. Obviously, will be a very difficult time to live through. This will happen in the future. We know that for a fact. So, mankind falling is not just morally, religiously. No, it will also be, in actuality, people will, there will be a mass destruction everywhere. And it started right now. It's starting right now. Now, going back to the last civilization now on earth, you know, the civilization after the death of Jesus Christ, peace be upon him, and the fall of that civilization. Now, the difference between us and them, we have time. The major signs did not take place yet. When they do it, it's going to be different. And we're going to discuss that, inshallah, in future episodes. But for now, we have time. Now, some of you might be like, well, I don't do any of this. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I pray. Yeah, but encourage goodness. Help people who need help. Because, wallah, you don't want to live in a land that is corrupt. You don't. Because Allah, when Allah punishes the land, Allah will punish the entire land. Now, you will be resurrected based on your intentions. You will, inshallah, be rewarded. But you will be doomed with everybody else. This is the same thing that happened to Al-Mahdi. Remember? When the, the, the group of, you know, Arab or Muslims will try to attack Al-Mahdi, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will command earth to swallow them. Literally, earth will split open and it will swallow them. Now, the Prophet was asked, but... Aren't, weren't there believers in him, like Muslims, who were probably were forced to be on this army that will go and fight on Mahdi? The Prophet said yes. But they all died in this life. Now, when they are resurrected, the good of them will be treated in a good way. And the evil of them will be punished. But they will die. They will be doomed with everybody else. You know, in the chapter of Qasas, verse number 59, Allah said what? وَمَا كُنَّا مُهْلِكِ الْقُرَىٰ إِلَّا وَأَهْلَهَا ظَالِمُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala basically destroys towns, entire towns, when everybody in it or the overwhelming majority of people in it are committing injustice. They're corrupt. The reason why 
we're still alive right now is because there's goodness in the world still. Even if it's little, even if it's the minority, but there is goodness in the world. That's what's keeping the world alive. That's why Allah did not destroy many of these countries. Because there's goodness in them. Imagine this, Wallahi, my dear brothers and sisters. Imagine this. As Muslims, you are protecting the place that you live in. You're protecting the country that you live in. So if you live in America, because America has Muslims, and they're making dua, and they're trying to make a change, guess what? We're protecting America from Allah's wrath. When you live in Europe, in the UK, in France, and whatever, every Muslim practicing Muslim living there, they're protecting those countries. It's just they don't know it. The politicians don't know it because they don't believe in our books. I get it. But, you know, the dum-dums don't know that we are indirectly protecting them by living in their countries. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not end and destroy a country when there's a lot of goodness in it. Even again, if it's the minority. Now, when it's the overwhelming majority of, you know, of the people in it are corrupt, there's just a few people, very tiny amount of people that are believers and they're not trying to make a change, then Allah will destroy the entire, and again, they will be resurrected, the, the believers, and will be rewarded for their belief. So don't worry about that part. SubhanAllah. You know, part of the reason why, uh, and I know a lot of people may be scared, uh, you know, Muslims scared in the West from like, you know, retaliation and violence against them. But that is the whole point. That is the whole point. You know, when the Prophet ﷺ said that in the future, people will make fun of you. They will feed on you. You'll be like a feast. They'll invite one another to eat. That's what the Prophet ﷺ said regarding the Muslim nation, right? Muslims in the future, he was talking to the companions, will be, uh, you know, nations, non-Muslim nations will invite one another to simply, you know, toy with you, to humiliate you, to, to have a feast with you. Like what's happening in the world right now. And the companions could not understand. They're like, are they going to be, you know, small in number, few in number? And the Prophet said, no, they're going to be a lot, but they're going to be like, what? I know I said that hadith a lot, but it makes sense. It is very significant right now. They're going to be like They're going to be like the foam of the ocean Look at us right now MashaAllah almost 2 billion like I said And guess what Everybody's messing with us Everybody But you know what Wallahi I learned this From what you can see from You know the, the, Our dear brothers and sisters in Palestine They're not afraid to die And that's what the Prophet said Al-Wahan because when the companions asked, why would Muslims be so weak? The Prophet said, because al-wahan. What is al-wahan? To be like holding on so tight to this life because you don't want to leave it and you're scared to die. And again, everybody's scared to die. We mentioned that. Everybody's scared to die. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you're scared to die because you love this life so much and everything in it, yeah, that's a problem. That's literally a sign of weak faith. Weak faith. Do not hold on to this life. It's not going to last regardless. Not going to last. But if you walk in the streets knowing that I'm, I'll do whatever it takes, I'm not afraid. If I die unjustly, inshallah, Allah will make me enter Jannah. We don't have that feeling. We should have strong hearts. We're the only nation upon the truth for God's sake. The only nation upon the truth. 
and were scared? That's what the Prophet was talking about. Why are we scared? You have Allah on your side. Why are you scared? So, people will deviate from the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like we're doing right now, like what's happening right now. That will also be very common in the future after the death of Jesus Christ. And again, one of the things is there is no leadership. There's no clear leadership in the Muslim nation. And perhaps why that's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will send us Al-Mahdi. Perhaps. We do not know Allah's reasons, but maybe that's one of Allah's reasons. You know? People will start to commit major sins, terrible acts, everything terrible after the death of Jesus Christ, peace be upon him. And because of that, because that's it, it's already too late now, because they're going to go too far now. And Allah already, you know, sent them the message. Allah already sent them Jesus Christ to make them victorious. But people are people, right? Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will unleash upon them the rest of the major signs. And, you know, the first three major signs, they were like, there is war going on. You know, there is Antichrist. There is Juj, but you know, when you are with the believers, you're safe. Now, everything comes after the fall of mankind, uh, after the death of, you know, Isa alayhi salam, will be something that's very dark. Like, it's going to be, the world now is going to be declining. That, that the major signs will be severe. And that's what we'll talk about, inshallah, in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.